You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome. My name is Joe and I am your host. This is the Joe Martino Show. Today I want to talk to you about a couple different topics. Had such a great question emailed into me from Alaska that we're going to actually lead the show with today's question. And then we are going to talk about how can you communicate ideas for the future with your spouse if it is something that you're not sure how well they're going to receive. And if we have time, I do have a little bit of an insurance rant that I want to go on. All right, so Mike from Alaska writes, Joe, I appreciate your show very much. I've learned a lot. I do have a question. What is the strategy that a couple should use if the conversation goes badly, if the 3Ds start getting used or other things that are problematic start to happen? Warmest regards, Mike in Alaska. Well, Mike in Alaska, I love the question. Uh, The short answer is they should do things that are healthy. Okay, but that answer isn't very healthy, right? Or very healthy, very helpful, right? Like, thanks a lot, Joe. That's really not helpful at all. Two things that healthy couples do that unhealthy couples don't do is that they can tolerate distress and anger with each other. And while tolerating that distress and anger with each other, they can seek out wins in the form of healthy interactions. So this could be something simple like, hey, I feel like we're being in an unhealthy pattern right now. I feel like I'm yelling. I feel like you're yelling. I feel like we're using words to hurt rather than a problem solve. Maybe we could take a break. Maybe we could step back and adjust and then come back to this conversation. How would you feel about that? Okay, so that's one way that they might, you know, tolerate that distress, that anger, and then seek the win. They're trying to find common ground. They might just say, hey, you know what? We're caught in one of those four emotional hazards that we were talking about the other day. If you haven't read my book, The Emotionally Secure Couple, which is available online at Amazon and at all of our offices, I talk about the emotional hazards that couples regularly run through, whether or not they're attacking one or the other, they're running away uh, emotionally, verbally, maybe everything's going bad, maybe they're trying to find blame rather than trying to solve the problem, or maybe they're just sitting out, right? So you might call that out and say, hey, look, I feel like we're doing that. Uh, I might, You might say, I feel like we're doing uh, things that aren't productive to us actually solving this problem. How do you feel about that? Now, fair warning, one of the things, remember, we, we led with two of the things, not the only two things, but two of the things that healthy couples do is they can tolerate distress and anger. So Mike, if you said to your wife, hey, I feel like we're doing things that aren't productive to us actually solving this problem, she might respond with more anger. In which case, you now get to emphasize the tolerate part, and you're going to say, okay, well, I don't feel like this conversation's productive, and if we can't interact in a way that's healthy, maybe I need to step away for 30 minutes, an hour. Now, I would expect more anger at this point as well, because here's what you're doing. You're creating a boundary. And boundaries are one of those things that very few people seem to understand. Boundaries are for me. So when I set a boundary, it's for me. It actually is very empowering to the people 
that you're interacting with. And a lot of times people feel like boundaries are manipulative. I think because we really have a very poor understanding of what is manipulation, what is boundaries, what is healthy interactions in our society. So let's say that my wife and I are caught in a bad conversation. Things are not going well. And maybe I'm yelling at her. Maybe I am employing some of my snark. Right. So and she wants the conversation to be healthy. She wants it to be productive. So she could very well look at me and say, so right now I feel like you're yelling at me. I feel like you're using snark. I feel like you're using sarcasm, whatever it is I'm doing. And I'm not going to have this conversation with you unless you can treat me appropriately. And so what happens here is that she's drawing out the boundaries for how we talk. She's willing to tolerate anger and distress, as long as it's appropriate. Now, I think part of the problem is, and I certainly see this a lot in the room, there are people, and this is actually probably a great topic for a future podcast topic, but there are people who think if you disagree with them, that's hating them. That's not talking to them appropriately. Your only choice is to say, yes, I agree, or you're not being appropriate with them. And so I think people react to the idea of you actually get to say to your spouse, hey, look, if we can't talk at a certain level, if we can't talk without using certain words, if we can't talk without hurting each other, maybe we shouldn't be talking right now. Now, a lot of times when I teach this in the room, the immediate scare or fear of the people listening, or at least one of the partners listening is often, well, if we do that, I'm afraid that he will never come back to the conversation. I'm afraid that what she's really trying to do is just blow me off and we'll never actually talk about the top of the problem. We'll just stuff it until it explodes. Remember the second part of the two things that I told you that are healthy is they seek small wins in the form of healthy communication, which is not avoiding. Avoiding is not healthy. It doesn't seek a small win. It's not a win. It's a loss. So what we're actually doing is we're giving this time, the storm time to blow out. We're giving tempers time to calm down. And then we're going to come back and we're going to try to interact in a way that we won't regret later. We want to create a healthy interaction by managing our emotions, managing how we feel and how we're expressing how we feel. Remember one of my favorite words, the somatic expression of our feelings. This is true emotional regulation. The truth is almost all couples have interactions that go poorly at some point or another. They have stress points that take off. Uh, they give in to some of their more base uh, desires and how they interact. They approach things poorly. They attack the other person. Somewhere in there, it happens almost all the time. But healthy couples can catch that and bring themselves back. So you could actually agree ahead of time on some things you might say. Like when things are calm, Mike, sit down with your wife uh, and ask her, hey, what are some things that you see as consistent problems in our relationship? What are some things that you see as some consistent problems in how we interact? And listen to what she has to say. If you agree with her, great. If you agree with her and you have a few things to add, that's great too. If you disagree, you're going to have a little bit of work to do, but that's okay. If she disagrees with your list, you're going to have a little bit of work to do, but that's okay. Then ask, okay, so when we get into this conversation, let's say that you married a negative Nancy. If your name's Nancy, I apologize. If your wife's name's Nancy, I apologize. Right? And you might have to say to her, hey, hey, how do I, if I feel like you're just being negative, how do I bring that out? 
what do I do? How do I call us, not you, call us back to health? What you're doing there by using the word us is you're emphasizing the fact that you're a team, that you and Nancy are a team. The two of you are a unit. You're one. You're moving forward together. You're seeking health together. You know that there's going to be problems. You know that there's going to be a risk. You know that there's going to be discomfort. So to answer your question, to try to wrap this segment up, what you want to do is you want to be able to tolerate distress and anger. You want to look for small wins by seeking out healthy interactions, even the smallest ones. You want to have grace for each other. So if Nancy, you know, made even the smallest step towards you, then what you need to do is you need to recognize that. You need to notice that. You need to uh, verbally recognize it. And you need to actually regulate your emotions to help your relationship move forward. All right, great question, Mike from Alaska. Thank you very much. If you have a question, you can contact me, joemartino.com. Click on the Contact Me page, joemartino.com forward slash podcast. Click on the Contact Me page. You can also send me an email directly, info at joemartino.com. Please put in the subject line, question for podcast. Uh, so if you send me an email directly, please put that in uh, the subject line, question for podcast, that actually is a company email box. Myself and a few other people see it, and so you need to make sure that that subject is there so that it gets routed to me. All right, let's talk about how do you make a proposal to your partner, to your wife, to your husband, about something you would like to see changed or added to your family, and you're not sure how they're going to receive it. I would actually encourage you to use this method, even if you think they are going to receive it. Uh, this is actually the expression of a decision-making process that I hope you would employ. One of the things that I tell young men when I mentor them is I rarely care what you do. I'm going to assume that by the time you're in your 20s, uh, by the time you're married, by the time you have children, the what you're doing is because at least in the moment, you believe it's the best right and right thing to do. Uh, especially if you're, you're seeking me out for mentoring or coming to me for counseling, I'm going to believe that what you're doing, at least in the moment, you believe is the right thing to do. The problem is we don't often have any sort of system for how we approach that question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And guys, if you have an entrepreneurial bone in your body and you're like, oh, hey, we should do this, your wife may not share that with you. She might not share that bone. She might not share that entrepreneurial spirit. She might be like, what are you doing? And part of it is we don't do a good job communicating as humans on the why we think what we're doing is important. All right, so let me explain the system to you and maybe it'll make more sense. First of all, you're going to go to your spouse uh, I was working with a couple one time and the husband wanted to buy uh, vending machines to put in airports, bus stations, um, various places like that. He was actually going to invest in like 46% of the company. He knew three of the owners and they were majority owners at like 54% or something like that. And it, it was a chunk of change. They were committing themselves to a chunk of change over... A number of years he went to his wife and he said hey I want to do this she said I don't think we should here's why he said well I think these would be benefits blah 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 they didn't actually talk about it beyond that a year later he signs the contract 
to own now 51% of the company. So he becomes a majority owner and he thinks it's a good thing and she's not very happy at all. So they come in and talk to me and she's like, we didn't talk about it. He's like, we did talk about it. We talked about it last March. And she's like, yeah, but we didn't talk anything about it between March and like February. I don't remember all the details to be honest with you. February, when you signed the paperwork. Now he looked at me like, well, look, we did talk about it. And so I asked myself, well, hold up, back up. You might have talked about it, but you didn't actually come to a decision. You told her what you thought. He told you what he thought. You told her what you thought, and she told you what she thought. There we go. And he said, yeah, I agree with that. I said, well, you've got to come up with a better system. Give you one more example. I was talking to a wife one time, and she said, uh, my husband never wants me to do anything. I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a good place to be. I said, tell me about that. And she said, well, I want to start a bracelet business. Um, I want to start a business where people go online on my website and they buy bracelets from me. I can make them at a relatively reasonable cost and I'll just turn around and sell them and people will buy them. And I said, well, why will people buy them? Well, I don't know because they're cute. Nope, not a good enough reason. People only have so many dollars. Why would they give you their dollars? Well, I don't know. Okay, so we went through the process. When we got done, she's like, you know what? I don't want to do this, which is totally fine. That's the power of this process. So let's start it. Let's go ahead and go through it, just how this process works. The first thing you want to do is you want to be able to succinctly say what you want to do. This is a great thing for yourself. It's a great way to present to your partner, your spouse, what it is you want to do. Hey, I want to buy 51% in this vendor company, this, this snack company, uh, vending machine company, whatever it is. I want to start a bracelet business online. I want to move the grocery day. We get groceries from Friday to Tuesday. I want to increase our budget for retirement. I want to invest in these things. I want to move our kids from this school to that school. I want to fill in the blank but keep it succinct. One of the things that happens is we often hear our spouses or our partner's uh, objections before they actually voice them. And so our, our answer becomes this rambling, running thing. Our, our presentation has no focus to it. Or in our own mind, we don't know. We, we have a voice that runs in our head and it tells us why what we want to do won't work. So we end up with these really unclear objectives and it, it's actually, I think one of the great reasons why, you know, if you've ever had one of those days where you're just grumpy and people are like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I think at least some part of that is, is this unknowing creates angst in our own hearts and in our own souls. And it just oozes from our bodies. And so the very first thing we want to do is we want to be able to clearly state what we want. What do I want to do? And if like, if this is me, I want to go to my wife. Hey, I want to buy a boat. I actually do want to buy a boat, but I'm not going to this summer. Uh, but I want to buy a boat. Then you want to list, what do you think the benefits will be? I think the benefits to the boat will be that we'll have family time, that we'll make good memories, that the kids will remember. We'll enjoy our time on the lake. We'll have flexibility. Uh, when we go camping at our favorite place, we could put the boat in the water there etc, etc. I list out the benefits to what it is that I want. What do I want? Question number one. Question number two or statement number two. These are the benefits that I think they're going to have. So uh, the guy who wanted to go and invest in the 
uh, vending machine company. I want to invest in a vending machine company. I think it has really good upside potential. I think we'll be able to make money off of it. Now, what is that benefit idea based on? Why do you think that you have that benefit? That's kind of like 2A, although if we were outlining this, we'd be in trouble because there is no 2B. To be or not to be? Nope, see, there's my ADD. Well, one, one listener actually commented that uh, he doesn't feel I'm very refined in my podcast. He didn't mean it as, a, as an insult, uh, but he did say, you're just not very refined. You're just kind of talking and then you're off, much like I am on this little rabbit trail right here talking about him. But we'll bring it back. Statement number one, what do you want to do? Statement number two, what's the believed benefit? What are you hoping to achieve through doing whatever it is you said in number one. And then kind of 2A, what do you base that on, right? Well, I think it'll be worth money. Well, why? Because you read it in a book, because you saw an infomercial, because you've done some market research, et cetera, et cetera. I want to move grocery day from Friday to Tuesday. Well, why? Well, Fridays are really busy. Tuesdays, I have the afternoon off. I could run to the grocery store then, blah, blah, blah. I don't care what it is. Why do you want to do it? And why do you think that that benefit is a possibility. Question number three, what is the potential cost? What do you believe it's going to cost you, right? For me, okay, Eric, I wanna buy a boat. I think it'll give our family great uh, benefits. We actually went through this right now in a decision that I'm not at liberty to express right now because it involves other people. But I was like, hey, this opportunity fell in my lap. I think I wanna do it. Here's the benefits that I think it'll, it'll bring us. I think it'll fall in line with our overall life mission. It'll give me the opportunity to mentor young men in a larger setting, more people. Uh, it will enhance the work that we do, I think, through our counseling practices. And I didn't really need to get into the why I thought that a whole lot. We, we were kind of tracking on that uh, together. But then the third question, what do I think it's going to cost us? Here, here's what I think it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us time. It's going to cost us some flexibility. We might have to cancel this trip out to this place that we wanted to go, that I wanted to go. Uh, it's going to make our falls a little bit more uh, potentially less free, right? Our, our free time isn't always going to be our free time. We're, we're adding something else to the plate. It could cost us revenue because there are clients that I won't be able to see while I'm doing parts of it, right? So I went through the list. Here's what I want to do. Here's why I think... Uh, we should do it. What I think the benefit will be. Here's why I think those benefits are there. Here's what I think it'll cost. Here's why I think those costs are there. And then you go from there and you ask them, what do you think? And you listen and you try to get them to tell you in those three, at least in those two questions, what do they think about your cost? How do they value that? How do they value the price? What is it going to cost? And then the last thing you talk about is what are the risks? that we're taking on, what are things that could happen that we're not really thinking about, right? So here's what I wanna do. Here's how I think it'll benefit us. Here's what I think it will cost us. Here's what I think we're risking to do it. And then come down to an agreed upon solution, right? So, okay, so we're going to buy the boat or no, we're not going to buy the boat. We're going to buy windows this year and maybe next year we'll buy the boat. Okay, so we're going to do this mentoring opportunity or no, we're not. Make sure that you get that boiled down to one or two sentences. You want to start with one or two sentences and you want to end with one or two sentences. One of the biggest problems is that people tend to just like, hey, this is what I want to do. 
well, what about this? Blah, 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 blah. And it's a bunch of blah, blah, blahs. It's not actually a bunch of words that are strung together in a coherent sentence to create communication. What do you want to do? What is it going to benefit you and your family? What is it going to cost you and your family? What are the risks? And then what's the agreed upon decision? I think if you start to adopt this method as a couple, as a family, you'll find that you have less miscommunications. All right now, sometimes you're going to go through all those steps and quite frankly, you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be at a conclusion. You're not going to come back with a conclusion. You're simply going to have gone through the steps and you're going to have gotten to the end. You're going to be like, well, we don't know what we're going to do yet. Okay, that's fine. Then that last step, what's the agreed upon decision is we're going to revisit this when and then pick a day and pick a time and follow through. Mature adults follow through. So follow through. All right, so I hope that helps. Today, we're going to do a little something extra. We're actually going to cover three topics here. We had the question from Mike, which I loved. We did these five steps to how do we make a decision? How do I present something to my spouse uh, in a way that, that allows them to hear me, that allows me to feel heard, allows them to feel heard, and move forward? Remember, heard, valued, and safe often is a cascading effect. When you feel heard, you'll feel valued. When you feel valued, you'll feel safe. When you have heard, valued, and safe running together in a relationship, you will create emotional security. All right, so that brings to the end to today's session. It doesn't look like we're going to have time to get to uh, my little rant about insurance, so that'll have to wait till next time. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, don't forget to uh, share with your friends. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.